Happy Friday, everyone. You made it through another work week. Congratulations to you. Welcome to the Speed Force Media Podcast. This is the show where every Friday we recap our highlights of the comic book movie news you might have missed this week. My name is Eleanor, and here with me is my husband, Derek. Hello. And in today's episode, we picked our favorite comic book movie news topics from the week. And our six topics today are... David Zaslav says there's not going to be four Batmans, so who's staying and who's going? Andrew Garfield felt his Spider-Man role was undone before No Way Home. Black Adam is unlikely to turn a profit. What does that mean for the sequels? Walter Hermada is now overseeing Paramount's horror team. Black Panther Wakanda Forever's box office going into its second weekend. And lastly... Chris Hemsworth wants Thor's next MCU appearance to be his last. Starting off with David Zaslav, he says there's not going to be four Batmans. So what does that mean for the Batmans we have now? Who's staying? Who's going? According to The Wrap, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav teased future plans for DC Films on Tuesday under the tutelage of newly installed CEOs James Gunn and Peter Safran. And reading between the lines, it sure sounds like the multiverse is not going to be key going forward. Quote, I think over the next years, you're going to see a lot of growth and opportunity around DC. There's not going to be four Batmans, Zaslav said, and so part of our strategy is drive the hell out of DC, which James and Peter are going to do. I think they've thrilled the fans. I think they're going to thrill you over a period of time. I personally see this as they're going to pare down from four Batmans down to more of a limited number, whether that's three, two, one, we don't know. They could even be adding another Batman. We don't know what their <laughs> tenure plan is going forward. They didn't say really what's going on with this, but I could definitely see us going down from four to two and being very clear and concise on who is Batman going forward, whether that is Michael Keaton, which I don't see that really being the case but who knows or it could be Ben Affleck you know it could be we know Robert Pattinson's probably going to stay in his own universe he's probably not going to cross over into the DCU at least I don't see that happening so you know it could even be a replacement Batman who would be you know replacing what Ben Affleck's character would be so I could see that happening too but I personally think we're at least going to have two Batmans we're going to at least have Matt Reeves universe and it's going to be separate and kind of untouched. And then this is going to be this new Batman or Ben Affleck, whichever one, is going to be our DCU kind of shared universe Batman going forward. Because in the past, I think Warner Brothers, before they became Warner Brothers Discovery, has been all about, you know, keeping things very separate. Everything felt very separate, and it only really started to feel connected when we got the Zack Snyder films. But even, like... Others, other movies that are considered part of that universe, I guess, part of the DCEU, like Suicide Squad, didn't feel as connected to it. So I think they're going to start moving away from that. We don't know because they haven't said. This is just me speculating. But I think they're going to start moving more into an interconnected universe. Because if you look at the animated shows, which I personally love the animated universe... They're all very connected. All the different universes are very connected. It's a huge multiverse. There's tons of characters. I mean, the Justice League is enormous in Justice League Unlimited. 
So I could see them going in more of that direction, not necessarily having a hundred characters in the Justice League, but you know what I mean? Like them having multiple universes and they're connected. Like multiple different franchises and they're all connected. Right. That kind of deal. Kind of like how Avengers is. Avengers has a lot of people that go into it. And I could see them kind of wanting to go that direction, but not exactly the same thing. They want to go the success of the MCU, but I don't think they want to go the same flavor, if that makes sense. They want to do it with their own twist and make it feel DC, make it feel the way it's supposed to. And if they do it properly, I think it'll be really good. Well, honestly, I've pretty much liked everything James Gunn has done as a director thus far, uh, including Peacemaker, or most of it. I loved The Suicide Squad. His humor for me is mostly hits. Some of it does miss, but I forgive it because the rest is so good. Um, so I'm really excited to see where the DCU future is going. It, I've been a DC fan all my life, and I've ever since the MCU uh, was a thing, I've just dreamt of Warner Brothers giving DC its own studio and being able to hear the name DC Studios or read it in a headline of an article on The Wrap or Hollywood Reporter is really nice to see in 2022 and is going to be the new norm going forward. And now that they're creating their 10-year plan, I think David Zaslav is kind of using Batman as an example, saying there's not going to be four running around, saying we're going to tidy things up. And I put out a video a few days ago saying that Warner Brothers wants one Batman. And, you know, a lot of people said, hey, they never said one, which is true. It is true. And I did theorize in that video that they could just be thinking, let's stick with Robert Pattinson. Because if it's going to be one, it's probably going to be Robert Pattinson. I don't see them just canceling that project just because it's in its own universe just to keep Ben Affleck in a shared universe just for the sake of having a shared universe when they're already creating a 10-year plan. Do they really want Ben Affleck for another 10 years? I do. Hell yeah. But I could see them definitely wanting Robert Pattinson for another 10 years. So I'd say Robert Pattinson is a safe bet. But either way, they're going with one Batman. It just, is it going to be one Batman in the DCU and one in the Matt Reeves universe. That's what you're saying. That's what most people are kind of hoping for, I imagine. And like I said in that video, I'll say it again. I do not believe for one second that James Gunn, Peter Safran think a DCU shared universe, like the animated universe you were talking about, can function and be grounded to us, the audience, like the human level, which is Batman in the Justice League, among the gods, among the mortal among the gods, is always been Batman. Yeah, the Flash is human, but he's got the powers of the gods. Right, Batman is not only the most relatable for the average movie-going audience, but he's also the most iconic, the most popular. So you have to have Batman in your shared universe going forward in order for that average audience to be drawn to it and you can absolutely we've already seen that you can have a successful shared universe and have individual movies now the dcu wasn't as super successful it's definitely been mostly mixed and it honestly it's probably a failed universe in mostly everybody's eyes but going forward 
David Zaslav, Peter Safran, James Gunn, they're tidying things up. They're getting a 10-year plan going forward, and I'm all for it. I'm super excited to see, and hopefully soon we get to hear what is this going to be. Is it going to be a continuation of what's come before? Is it going to be a soft reboot? Is it going to be a full-on reboot? Is it going to be a full-on reboot and they keep certain things from what's come before? I know before all of the merger stuff was going on, they were thinking Michael Keaton's going to be our Batman uh, in the DCU. Ben Affleck, if he ever comes back, which at the end of The Flash, he said he was good and he was happy and satisfied with what he had put in and felt like he had finally got it done right. So fans were like, okay, it's going to be Michael Keaton moving forward with Robert Pattinson on the side. And it sounds like that's not what David Zaslav wants. He almost sounded kind of frustrated in these comments. Um, but it's it's so hard to really judge without hearing the tone of voice. But all we can do is really speculate. And hopefully soon we get to hear what the plan is. Even the first project will give us some information as, okay, it's a reboot. Or, okay, it's a continuation. And if it is a continuation, I think that'll point to signs of maybe getting to keep Ben Affleck, or like you said, recasting that same Batman character if Ben doesn't want to come back. But what do you guys think? Do you think I'm crazy for thinking that they could have a DCU without Batman and that they could just say, you know what, Batman's one of our top franchises. It's been damaged by this shared universe in the past, and we've seen the Dark Knight trilogy be super successful on its own. We've seen the Batman be super successful on its own. We've seen Joker be super successful on its own. Maybe they'll think, you know what, Batman is like the sacred jewel. He doesn't get he doesn't get messed around in these other characters. You can have Justice League. Kinda like in the Arrowverse. They could have everybody but Batman. <laughs> you know? Nope, Batman's not going on TV because it would damage the IP. Batman's on a different level than everybody else in the Justice League. So I would I would say it's not impossible. I wouldn't put money on it. I would say, yeah, they'd be crazy. If they thought it would be a great idea to have a Justice League movie without Batman. But do you think I'm crazy? Do you think it's impossible that they might be thinking, hey, maybe we just leave the Batman in its own universe and just leave that character in that own universe and just have our own shared universe with guys like Peacemaker and Harley Quinn and, you know, these low budget characters that have been super successful for them? Yeah, I do think you're crazy. <laughs> I think they're absolutely going to have to keep their main people in the stable. Otherwise, your big DC fans are not going to have it. And you're not going to have as big of a draw to it because it's not a well-established thing like the MCU is. The MCU took a lot of time to establish these main Avengers, get people to really like the Avengers, bring them in, and then they started going for the abstract people. I don't think you can start with Question and Zatanna and think that it's all going to be okay, or start with just Harley Quinn and Peacemaker and think that it's all going to be okay. You are going to have to include, you know, you're going to have to have Green Lantern. You're going to have to have Martian Manhunter, Wonder Woman, Hawk Girl or Hawkman. You know, you're going to have to have Superman, Batman, the Flash. You have to have, at least to me, your main seven. The core iconic just, seven. Yes, for your Justice League. And I think if they mess that up, it's going to be... 
hard for me personally, but I think James Gunn and Peter Safran, I have faith in them. I think they're going to do us justice not to make a total pun out of it. Oh, you totally intended that. Oh, yeah, that Look, was a I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying that's what I'm betting on, but oh, yeah. they have to at least be thinking about it. They have oh, to I'm at sure least be... Yeah, so I'm not I'm not saying it's what's going to happen or it's probable, but it's not impossible. This is true. You know what we thought was impossible was Andrew Garfield coming back, and Andrew Garfield felt his Spider-Man role was undone before No Way Home. According to Screen Rant, while speaking with GQ, Garfield addressed his feelings about the conclusion to his Spider-Man franchise and his return in Spider-Man No Way Home. The actor revealed that though he was open to reprising his role as the web-slinger, he hadn't been hopeful about his chances, comparing the experience and mixed feelings surrounding it to a relationship breakup. Quote, I don't know if I had an expectation of doing more. I was very open to it being whatever it was meant to be. But there was an undone feeling. Like, what was that experience about? And how do I close that circle in my living room on my own? And I was doing that. And then it was like that classic thing when you're getting over a relationship and you're first starting to really feel free and untethered from that thing. The person knows to call the hour after the first good night's sleep you've had. I can see him totally being heartbroken from those two movies because they did set us up for a third Amazing Spider-Man and really left us on a cliffhanger. And I felt bad for him because literally every other Spider-Man that has been live action has had a trilogy except for him. And with Tom Holland, they're talking about doing another trilogy or at least one more movie. And they were even floating around the idea of doing a Spider-Man 4 with Tobey Maguire. So it's like these two can get Spider-Man 4 but he couldn't get Spider-Man 3. So I'm just grateful that at least he could get No Way Home. And I'm just happy for him, you know. If I could speak directly to him, I'd say, good for you, man. I'm glad that you got to do that and you got to finally feel closure and feel closure on that chapter in your life. But that's the thing. Okay, so would you read that second half of his comment again for me? And I was doing that. And then it was like that classic thing. When you're getting over a relationship... And you're first starting to really feel free and untethered from that thing. The person knows to call the hour after the first good night's sleep you've had. See, when before and after No Way Home released, Andrew Garfield was in the press, it seemed like, every single day, promoting one of the three movies he did that year, I swear. But after the movie came out, he talked often about the brotherhood that formed between him and Toby and Tom, which is like a dream come true for us fans, right? Because if there was a rivalry between them, that would have been really heartbreaking and it would have affected the chemistry and the film itself would have been, it would have suffered for it, for sure. But I think these comments, you took it as his his feelings after The Amazing Spider-Man 2, but I'm thinking that that's kind of how he was feeling after No Way Home. Because in the interviews initially after No Way Home, everybody said, you know, great film. We loved seeing you, you know, no, redeem your, your catch by not catching uh, uh, Gwen, Gwen Stacy and by catching MJ in this film. You kind of redeemed your character arc. You were kind of a big brother to Tom and a very sad redemption for 
his character. And he said after in multiple different interviews, I don't want to think about what's next. If, if I do another one, if I don't, if they call me, if they don't, I'm just happy with what I have now that I've been able to come back and been able to find closure. And he mentioned that in an interview that he found closure. And I believe we talked about it a while back. And now it sounds like he's maybe not feeling the same way anymore. Maybe something along the lines of, I don't know, the box office being monumental or seeing the amazing, no pun intended, outcry for his return again or for an amazing Spider-Man 3 or just for seeing other, like you said, seeing all of these other successful comic book movies and Spider-Man movies. He's saying, you know, fan, a lot of fans want to see me do it. A lot of fans thought I did a really great job in the last one. I thought he did a great job. I thought he did an amazing job. And I just really want to see... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I think that he is kind of playing coy a little bit. Like, yeah, he might have at one point wanted this to be the last one because what a way to go out, right? If this is his last appearance, I'm so grateful that we got to see him again. He is my favorite Spider-Man. I know that became super popular to say after No Way Home, but I promise, I promise I was saying it before. And if this is the last time, I'm still grateful. But it sounds like he's not totally satisfied anymore because he was he was asking himself and saying in the interview what was it for what was it all about if fans knew my return before the movie came out then me surprising them was kind of undone and so then what was the whole thing for well i would answer that with well it was for an amazing movie that most audiences loved Sure, there was some fan service in there, but I thought it was fan service done right. And if it is the last time we see you, dude, then you did great. And it's a great way to send off the character. But it's also a great way to bring him back. And to bring Toby back. So, I I don't know. What do you think? Do you think there's going to be any more Andrew Garfield Spider-Man in our future? If do you I think had to go over or under. What about Secret Wars? I'm just saying. It's about like the their crisis on Infinite Earths, right? We're going to have Magneto, both versions. We're going to have Wolverine. We're going to have Deadpool in there. I'm just spitballing. What if we also have... Um, I don't know about that. I could see it happening, but I don't know if they would go that direction because they're known for, like, Marvel is known for having a fuck ton of people on screen at once but i don't know if they would want to go for a fuck ton of spider-men alongside you know here's two magnetos two xaviers a wolverine two storms this person this person this person this person not to mention the new avengers the original avengers right like that's a lot of people to keep track of everyone's gonna need an itinerary going into the movie with pictures to know who everyone's gonna be all of wakanda Right, exactly. You have all of these different people you got to keep track Asgard. of. Asgard. So, I, literally, I don't think that we're we're gonna have a. Don't say another name. I Guardians. <laughs> I just don't think we're gonna have them come back. And it's also just because if they did, I feel like it would be almost like a what if. It would be an alternate universe, and we wouldn't see them cross back into. Uh, earth with 616 again i feel like they would be in their own earths with their own villains and we would maybe see that again but i i just don't see them going 
back into No Way Home because No Way Home was so iconic that even like other franchises or other genres are trying to capture that nostalgia in a bottle and do the same thing that they did and they're failing at it and it's like I don't think you can do that again I think it was really a one in a million movie and it's the only way that movie could have gone and you know you remember in Avengers where there was like there's 14 million endings and only one of them we win right this was the movie where we win so I just don't think that we're going to get another win like that. You know what I mean? I think this is the one. Lightning just, in a bottle. We all just, yeah, exactly. We all have to just appreciate that we got the two Spider-Men back. And I, like, although they would both probably love to come back and I would love to see them both again, I just unfortunately don't think that that's going to happen. I think Kevin Feige, like, was like, okay, we have to accept this into our stable, and it's an important part to everyone, and he knew how much it meant to us, and it was a good way to include them into his universe, but I don't see them writing more with that material. The same way with if they bring the X-Men into it. All of those timelines, you know, the Stuart or McAvoy, these timelines are so confusing. <laughs> Even if they bring all of that into the MCU... I think they'll bring it in, we'll see those characters, we'll all be like, OMG, and then it'll go to the sideline, we won't see it again. I'm even betting now that Deadpool 3 is going to be the last time we see Deadpool. Could be. So I just think that they're moving in a different direction. The MCU feels like it's moving in a different direction to me, and I just don't think... Especially in Phase 4. Yeah, Phase 4 kind of took a huge left for me. Like, not a bad thing either. I just think they. But then just... again, No Way Home was part of Phase Four. Right, and I think that is the strongest thing Phase Four had going for it was No Way Home, and I just don't think that they're going to be able to top that. So with Spider Man, especially, I think they're going to take Tom Holland and go in that direction, and they're going to leave everything else behind, because if you try to bring up these other nostalgic things as well, if you bring the other two Spider Men into their own movies, I think it's going to muddy the water for Tom Holland. And it's going to make people go, well, I, I like Andrew Garfield better, so I'm going to go see Andrew Garfield's movie. Right. Or I like Tobey Maguire. I grew up with Tobey Maguire. I'm going to go see Tobey Maguire's movie anyway. So I just don't think that they would take that away from Tom either. But what about having them in an Avengers movie? Because after all... And also look at the, the thing with Sony, too. Like, Sony is a big mess with the MCU. Like, getting these Spider-Man contracts sure, and stuff is pain yeah. in the ass. So I just don't think it would work out well that way Well, either. if they're able to use Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the MCU, I'm sure they'd be able to use Toby and Andrew as well. But money talks. And No Way Home made a lot of money. So they can't ignore the fact that everybody loved it. Or at least almost everybody loved it. And having them... Maybe not independent movies, but I think you gotta have them appear in like Doctor Strange three. A lot of people are assuming Doctor Strange two, which would have been a good place. Multiverse of Madness, after all, was the name of it. But you would think that maybe Avengers Secret Wars or something along those lines. But you you are right. It does seem like there is a little bit of a shift in the MCU right now, and. Some of the fans are happy with it, some aren't. And This is the most mixed I've seen the MCU fan base. Like For the most part, it's been everyone's pretty happy. This is the mo most amount of uncertainty I've seen amongst the fans. And I'm feeling that uncertainty too. Like, yeah. I'm feeling, I don't know exactly where this is going, but 
I am happy that Andrew Garfield did get to come back in No Way Home. And if that's the last time we see him, then I think it's a good send off. And if we see him again, then I will be really excited. Speaking of possibly getting a sequel and maybe not, Black Adam is unlikely to turn a profit. What does that mean for sequels? The rap has refuted the DC Comics adaptation status as a hit, though revealing that the $150 million earned in North America and $350 million global total isn't enough for Black Adam to turn a profit. With a $195 million budget, the trade explains that even a final box office haul of $400 million won't take this blockbuster out of the red. They go on to point out that while Johnson's immense star power was a draw, Black Adam's underwhelming performance since has proven he may not be enough of one for a movie that, frankly, well, at least in this writer's opinion, wasn't very good. Quote, there is a section of Johnson fans who will turn out for anything that he is in. And it was a major reason why Black Adam posted the first 50 million plus opening the box office had seen in three months. They add, noting that, quote, as global returns sagged in the following weeks amid mediocre buzz, Johnson's reach with general audiences fell short. You know, I could see that because... To me, Black Adam was a good movie. It wasn't a great movie. It was a superhero movie. That's how I would describe it to you. Is If someone said, how is Black Adam? Like a random person, like let's just say... like Your grandma. Yeah, your grandma or your mom. You, I would look the at, average movie-going right, audience would be like, member. It's a superhero movie with action, with lots of action. That's what it is. It didn't have any groundbreaking storytelling for me the storytelling seemed a little surface level so i can see why it's maybe not breaking even but that does make me concerned for how this 10-year plan is going to go at dc because if they were planning something around black adam all of a sudden black adam isn't doing as good are they just going to axe it or are they continuing to move forward is david zaslav going to be like okay i'm really going to leave it in the hands of peter saffron and james gunn they have faith in this we're going to move forward or is he going to be like mm-mm no, that's not making money. We're cutting that. Because he has been doing things where if it's not going to make money, he cuts it. So I could see him looking at this and going, Mm-mm, no, Black Adam doesn't get his own movie. He can either be a villain or we don't see him again. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe, like, they had Superman in the, you know, in the post credit scene. And maybe they're going to put him in a Superman movie. Maybe it will be like Black Adam versus Superman or something like that, which, I mean, might be a little too close to Batman versus Superman. Let's get another Superman alone movie first before we try throwing Black Adam in there. But, you know, maybe Black Adam's going to be the villain for Superman, the foil for Superman, even though I think it would be wasted not to do it with Shazam. I see this going that direction, you know what I'm saying? But... I don't know if they're going to do that if it doesn't break even. I'm not sure. Like, I, I don't work in the movie business, so I don't know how the marketing and stuff works and how these budgets work out, but I'm hoping it at least will break even so that they can be incentivized to do another one. What do you think? I don't think so. I mean, I am by no means an expert, but if we just assume that we triple the budget, which was a $200 million budget, that's... $600 million worldwide. Right. It's, you know, what, made a little over a third of that. And right. let's say it just has to double the budget. It didn't even make that. 
It made only 50 million, 60 million more than its budget. Or no, sorry. Like 160 million more than its budget. Right. So it got but close to doubling. Still but got quite. the marketing fees and distribution costs, the theaters costs, all that stuff. So I really don't think this movie's gonna even come close. A lot I I read a lot of reports that some were saying four hundred million to break even, some said six hundred million to break even, and this movie's gonna slow down real quick. It might make more than Shazam. I think it's like ten or twenty million maybe away from Shazam, but it's not gonna hit three hundred and seventy million worldwide, and that's a damn shame because first of all, I'm a big fan of the character, Teth Adam, Black Adam, from the comics, uh, going all the way back from when Captain Marvel was still Captain Marvel and not Shazam. Right. The Fawcett City, or the Fawcett comic days, right? I think a couple of things. First of all, does James Gunn even want Black Adam in his DC universe? James Gunn, Peter Safran. Do, do they want Dwayne Johnson? Do they want Henry Cavill? Because... We don't know what Dwayne Johnson's contract is, but I'm pretty sure a report came out a few weeks ago that Henry Cavill's contract was for this cameo and this cameo alone. David Zaslav said many times he's a fan of Henry Cavill. He wants to prioritize Superman, but if he's leaving it to James Gunn, James Gunn could look at Henry Cavill and say, no, we want nothing to do with you. Uh, We want to erase anything related to Snyder or anything that came before. We want a hard reboot. You're not under contract. And even if he was under contract, they they don't have to use him. It just means that if they want to use him, he is contractually obligated. Another thing is, yeah, the movie, not good word of mouth, not good reviewed by critics, good audience rating. I think, like you said, most people thought it was entertaining, but nothing, you know, mind-blowing. But it didn't need to be. It just needed to be entertaining. A lot of people thought it needed to be funnier. Uh, for me personally, I I wish they kind of uh, really committed to the darker tone. Right, but I wish it they probably probably would have alienated most of the audience. And for a lot of the kids that needed to go there to get more money for this movie, that's really gonna crawl past uh, three hundred sixty-five million. I think they couldn't really commit to either side full-on comedy or full-on dark thriller which black adam in the comics has been kind of both so it really depends on which version they wanted to go with and for me personally i prefer the kind of where he's introduced as a villain then goes through an anti-hero stage goes back to a villain it kind of seems like this black adam is pretty much going to just stay in the anti-hero stage and that's okay i mean that's kind of what they're doing in rebirth and a little bit of what they did in new 52 at times and that kind of seems what they're going for but another reason i kind of blame this movie's success is the cheesy plus entertaining dialogue but the cheesy plus entertaining marketing um even when Dwayne was doing some of his interviews (laughs) <laughs> I wish someone would make a compilation of all the times Dwayne Johnson said the hierarchy of power in the DC universe, yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to say it because you all know where it goes. And, it's about you to know, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> we all know where it was going to go. But I think that's a big part of it, too, was that not only was some of the marketing good that Dwayne was doing. At times, I thought he was a marketing genius. At times, I thought it was a little over the top. 
and none of the trailers really did it any did anything for you me. You knew thought, the entire movie by the goddamn trailer. Yeah, and you know, I was hoping, hey, maybe we'll get a little bit more. Maybe they're hiding some stuff. And yeah, they were. It was just they weren't hiding much. So I do blame bad word of mouth, unfortunately, poor marketing. And even though this movie is almost a month old now, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is already owning it and is already owning all the box offices and oh, yeah. is going to for quite some time. Oh, yeah. Good luck, Avatar 2. Yeah, someone to really big to contend with. with well, Black no, Avatar 2 will be fine. <laughs> I mean, this <laughs> is November. That movie's coming out in December. Yeah. Wakanda Forever will be... Wakanda Forever will still probably be making a little bit of money, though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I'm thinking it might be like another No Way Home where it's just in theaters for like three or four months and it's like, damn, there was it's still a, going. There it's was a report legs. that I read before we started recording that said don't expect Wakanda Forever to come to Disney Plus anytime soon. So if you're wanting to go see it, definitely go see it in theaters. It's definitely worth the theatrical experience, the way it should be seen. Well, 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 DC. One of your own has now left you. Walter Mata is now overseeing Paramount's horror team. The Hollywood Reporter has brought word that Walter Hamada has inked an exclusive deal to oversee Paramount Pictures' horror team. Hamada is expected to release several mid-budget horror films for theaters and streaming each year for Paramount Pictures, with President and CEO Brian Robbins sharing his excitement about working with him saying that Hamada's is the ideal partner and visionary to lead their mainstream horror films to success. Hamada himself expressed his eagerness to work with Paramount Pictures and within the horror genre again in the statement below. Quote, I am thrilled to collaborate with Paramount Pictures with the singular goal of creating exceptional movies in the horror genre. Over the course of my career, nothing has been more gratifying than discovering emerging first-time filmmakers and writers unleashing their brilliance in a studio setting. Thank you to Brian and the entire team at Paramount Pictures for this tremendous opportunity. I can't wait to get started. For me, Walter Hamada has always been kind of a horror genius, so it's good for him that he gets to go back to doing what he's most comfortable with, which is horror. But unfortunately... It's really sad for DC because he may not have done that. This is going to be kind of some spicy tea. He may not have done some of the greatest movies, but I think with what he was given, Walter Hamada did his best. And I will still admire him for the things that he was able to do in the DCEU, whether it was successful or not. He wasn't given the easiest cards to play, and he did kind of have to be a yes man at times. So I think honestly, yeah, so I think honestly, this is a good opportunity for him. And with the horror elements, I saw an Aquaman, which I know Walter Hamada and uh, James Wan, wasn't it? Yeah. And James Wan, they did that together and that was beautiful. So I'm excited to see what Walter Hamada can come with, come up with at Paramount Pictures. Yeah. So a lot of controversy over the last few years between Walter Hamada, the Ray Fisher stuff, And I don't know any about that kind of stuff. I kind of stayed away from it. I don't know what's fact, what's not. So I'm just going to go off of what I know. What I know is that, like you said, Walter Mata was chosen basically to be a yes man to Toby Emmerich. And he was never really a DC fan. So when he got the job, I will give him respect for this. When he did get the job, he dove deep into the comics, got a huge stack of comics, trying to understand this lore, this world. And... Never really given true power, but 
for a lot of the films that he greenlit, I would give a thumbs up. If I was to say thumbs up, thumbs down, like Aquaman, The Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, Huge One, uh, The Batman, Joker. He also just so happened to be the guy that did not want Henry Cavill as Superman, so he does lose like a hundred points for me with (laughs) that one. But regarding his horror background, so for his DC background, I give him a thumbs up. For his horror background, he also gets a thumbs up where you got the It movies, you got the Conjuring movies, Annabelle. I think one of them is great and then a couple others are eh. But still, you see what he did with that universe. You see what he did with the It movies. It's it's a big loss, honestly. Not not just for DC. I wouldn't say it's a big loss for DC because a lot of people are ready to move on from the Walter Amata era. It's kind of like the Zack Snyder era where there's a lot of hardcore fans that just like attack anybody that even brings up their name. And then there's the fans that are like, okay, I like what they've done, but I can recognize their flaws. And then there's people that are like, no, death by forge pick. So I think that getting rid of, getting away from the Zack Snyders, the Walter Amatas, you know, the the people that make the DC fandom really divided and just bringing them all together with a Kevin Feige-like feeling and environment atmosphere for our fandom. I think that's what's healthiest moving forward. But that's just my opinion. I mean, maybe they could have done great with Walter Amon and Zack Snyder if they were just able to actually do what they were wanting to do. I don't know. But I'm excited either way. I'm also very excited to see if Paramount is going to give Walter Amada the keys and just say, hey, dude, uh, create your own characters, create your own universe, and whether it's a shared cinematic universe, kind of like The Conjuring, if he's just going to do it all over again, or if they have their own films in mind, maybe some big franchises that we're not thinking of. Who knows? But I think the future is going to be bright for Walter Amada, but we'll see. Maybe he'll fall flat on his face and we'll say, yeah, (laughs) you know, but... Time will tell. Speaking of something not falling flat on its face, though, Black Panther Wakanda Forever's box office going into its second weekend is looking good. After a $181 million opening weekend, Ryan Coogler's latest MCU entry currently sits at over $400 million worldwide after taking in $213.2 million domestically and $187.2 million internationally. This gives the film the second highest opening of the year behind fellow MCU sequel Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It also unseats 2013's The Hunger Games Catching Fire for the biggest November debut of all time. And its $150 million international haul during its opening weekend gives it the fifth highest international opening weekend of the pandemic era. So it's breaking all sorts of records, and I don't see it slowing down anytime soon. The (laughs) word of mouth of this movie is phenomenal. It is astonishing to me. I think we haven't had a chance to go to the theater, but I think this is a great movie. Like, I confidently, without even seeing it, hearing what other people are saying about it, it sounds like a good movie. Go see it. Go support the movie, you know, especially even if you're just supporting for Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace. Go see the movie. Go see it. Yeah, we're going this weekend. So everyone that I've talked to is given two thumbs way up. It's got great critic score, great audience score. And yeah, it's breaking all sorts of records. And it's going to continue. Uh, $400 million worldwide already. It's it's almost doubled Black, o- Black Adam's 
entire box office. Well, I guess right. not doubled, but it's already beaten it. With yeah, it's getting Black Adam's already been over a month. And did you see that post Dwayne Johnson put out? It was like, no, congratulations to uh, the Black Panther team, breaking November records, yada, 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 hashtag Black Adam. <laughs> it's like, it was like, oh. Hey, guys, remember me? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> but, hey, maybe he's honestly just being a good sport and just you know, if he was, then hats off to you. I didn't ever doubt you, Dwayne. Right, he's probably but just trying to do a little self-promotion to it. Maybe like, there's a little bit of both we, right, in like, there. <laughs> there can be a little bit of like, spice hey, you know, to that. You could always do a double feature. Go in Black Panther Wakanda Forever and say, all right, now I just want to unwind with Black Adam. And, right, exactly. Or vice versa, one of the two. <laughs> but, yeah, I cannot wait to see this movie. Uh, I've heard nothing but great raving praise not only about the new black panther no spoilers uh the entire culture of wakanda the soundtrack of course you've got ryan coogler directing as always which you know he hasn't really put out a bad movie yet no. i mean honestly and he's got namor in it now too which, and, which everybody really is ran- ranting and raving about and i actually learned that namor apparently came before aquaman in the comics really mm, yeah i totally shocked about that and i mean i could be wrong take back could, everything i, I said could, about i could be wrong <laughs> that was a friend that told me that so could fact check me but he's a mutant apparently in the comics so it'd be interesting to see if he's a mutant in the movies or not Ooh, that sure could be such a good introduction that is a spoiler that i have not seen so I'm, I'm just you know i'm just speculating i hope that he's a mutant it'd be great to bring the mutants more mutants into the mcu no, that, can we talk about how the box office for this just helps bring the theaters back to life, too? Because the pandemic nearly destroyed it. And with this movie, I see so much hope for the movie theater industry. Like, I saw it with No Way Home, but then it slowed down severely after that until Batman. And now here we are again, and it's raging, and I'm so excited, and I'm so happy that this is going to keep the movie theaters alive. Honestly, I was kind of hoping that it would start a nice uh, trickle kind of positive momentum to end 2022, starting with Halloween ends. I thought, man, if they had just put that movie only in theaters and gave it a better (laughs) marketing strategy, give it a better better marketing strategy uh, for what they could, maybe it's impossible. But the fact that they put it on Peacock and in uh theaters definitely did not you know cut its knees cut whatever legs off it would have had so it didn't start there and unfortunately it didn't start with black adam which i thought it was going to be a hit and a hit and then go into wakanda forever another hit and then go into uh avatar 2 avatar 2 and of course can't forget shazam 2 we still got shazam 2 which i am very eager to see because we know it's not going to touch black panther wakanda forever but is it going to beat its first film is it going to beat black uh black adam is it going to beat avatar 2 i don't think it's going to beat avatar 2 <laughs> yeah, probably. No. No. but i think it no. is going to beat its Definitely first not. film and i think it is going to beat black adam you think so they've got eminem's music in the marketing absolutely <laughs> oh done deal right there <laughs> Fuck. we're ready <laughs> yeah because venom 2 didn't tell us anything why and, did you all have right to next topic moving on <laughs> Well, fine then with that one. Chris Hemsworth wants Thor's next MCU appearance to be his last. According to Screen Rant, during a new interview with Vanity Fair, Hemsworth addressed the topic of a potential MCU exit for his original Avenger. 
The outlet asked him if he was hoping to get a conclusion for Thor's MCU story after seeing Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and Chris Evans' Captain America receive send-offs from the franchise. Despite previously saying he is quite interested in continuing to play the God of Thunder, Hemsworth's tune has changed. He now suggests that Thor's next MCU appearance should be the last and potentially give him the death of a hero. And I quote, Yeah, for sure. I feel like we'd probably have to close the book if I ever did it again, you know what I mean? I feel like it probably warrants that. I feel like it'd probably be the finale. But that's not based on anything anyone's told me or any sort of plans. You have this birth of a hero, the journey of a hero, then the death of a hero. I don't know. Am I at that stage? Who knows? I personally think, yeah, Thor probably is due for Really? I don't think, like, that makes me sad to say that. But I think when you have all the other original Avengers, except for really Hawkeye, still going, I think. I'm not sure. I didn't see the Hawkeye show. I don't know where he's at. Yeah, he's still out there. And then you have, you know, Black Widow. She's dead. Hulk. He's not really hulking. That's just my opinion. That's a whole different can of worms, though. And then you have Chris Evans, gone. Rob Downey Jr., gone. It's like, he's the only one left standing. And I think it would be a good idea if we're going to be ushering Black in this Widow new... gone. Right. If we're going to be ushering in this new era that you and I were talking about earlier, where you're going to be breathing in this new life into the MCU... I think holding on to this one bit of the past could drag them down a little bit, especially with the fact that the last movie didn't do as good as they thought it was going to do. So I think they do one last appearance, have him die in it, make it a really strong movie, tone down the humor a little bit, I think, go back to kind of the roots, maybe not as dark and brooding as the second movie I felt was, you know, not as dark of a tone. But, you know, a happy medium between the earlier movies and Ragnarok. And then give him that send-off and rip our hearts out and crush it on the floor like you did with Infinity War with killing so many people. Just do that to us again. Make us feel real sad about losing him. And I think that's a good send-off for him, honestly. I think it's a good way to say goodbye to the character. And I think it is time. And then it won't feel so weird ushering in this new phase five and moving forward with all these new characters because the old stable will be in the past and then the new stable will be picking up where they left off and then if we bring all the old characters back for one more film we can bring them all back at the same time and it won't feel like well here's everyone you haven't seen in a really long time and uh here's thor that you saw last movie you know what i'm saying so i think it'll be a good idea if they let thor rest for a while before you come back into maybe a big team up. And I that's saying that they're going to bring a bunch of old characters back in a new movie later anyway. They may not do that. But if they did, then I think it would feel more refreshing to see Thor again if we see him die. What are your thoughts? Well, I think bef- it's interesting because before Thor Love and Thunder came out, it seemed like Chris Hemsworth was just glowing about playing Thor and was just like, yeah, I could play Thor forever and whatnot. And then the movie came out. Not as well received as Thor Ragnarok. So maybe that changed his tune a little bit. But I actually disagree with you about having Thor still around 
these new characters like uh, Sam's Captain America and the new Hawkeye that they're going to have and all of these, the new Avengers that they're going to have. Having Thor kind of maybe not be the leader, but kind of a mentor to some of these guys, as well as a familiar face for the average movie-going audience, he's really the last one standing, and he is the most iconic to me out of the ones there. Unless, of course, for some reason, they're going to try and make Spider-Man the main Avenger of their new team, which would be great, but I don't see that happening, unfortunately. Thor would be the main guy that we can all look to and be like, hey, this is the one that's been around for over a decade, and this is the one that has been around since phase one, right? So I, I think having him there is a plus, and when he was buzzing about Thor Love and Thunder coming out, I figured, okay, we're going to get Thor 4, we're going to get Thor 5, we're going to get Thor 6. Now I'm wondering if we're even going to get Thor 5, or like you said, maybe Thor sits on the shelf for, you know, the next five years or so, and whenever Avengers Secret Wars, I'm just throwing Secret Wars out there because I believe that's the last confirmed project that we're, we know of, right? And so that would be the last, what, it'd be Avengers... Six, I six? think. So, would it? Or would it be... Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, they're doing another Avengers movie before then. Right, or... Yeah, I can't remember what... Uh, King Dynasty, yeah. Yes. So I could see maybe Thor even shows up in that movie. Maybe he dies against Kang. But I could see them maybe having Thor off on the shelf for a little bit, have Loki two Season 2 come out, maybe even Season 3, and then leave it not on sort of a cliffhanger, but wrap the show up, not necessarily conclude his character arc, and maybe down the road... You have Loki and Thor, I'm just speculating here, reunite together, live action on the big screen, one final time. And you have them, the two brothers from phase one, walk off into the sunset together, and they live happily ever after in the afterlife together or whatever. And they, they both die, like you said. It'd be beautiful. It'd be a great way to either end phase five begin phase five who knows when they might do it or if they do it these are just this is just him spitballing and honestly this could just be nothing but contract negotiations being held publicly this could just be hey uh marvel disney i wasn't too happy with the last film uh, and you want more of me give me more money it could just be that so we could be just reading way too much into it like we always do but hey that's part of the fun right so right. I'd love to see Thor continue, honestly, until Thor's 60 years old or Chris Hemsworth's 60 years old. Probably not going to happen. And he deserves a good finale for his character. What do you think the average movie-going audience thinks or, like, the MCU fans even think? Do you think they want to see Thor conclude with the kind of underwhelming reception of Thor Love and Thunder? No, I think that they would want to see at least one more outing. They want a little bit more redemption for Right, Thor. but is that it? Like, am I alone with thinking, you know, I'd be okay with having Thor around? No, I think I'm in the minority. I think I'm in the minority of maybe wanting to see, you know, the end of one chapter to begin another. I think I'm in the minority there. I think most people would rather see all of the return, the Avengers make a return somehow because I think that uh, the Phase 1 through Phase 3 of the MCU is kind of the sweet spot of the MCU. It's the, I think in a lot of people's minds, it's the best phases. 
And I think some people are scared with the phases that we're moving into, especially with how phase four is. So holding on to part of phase one is almost like having a security blanket. You know what you're getting from Thor. You don't know what you're getting from all these other people. Well, shit. I mean, we don't always know what we're getting. Right, exactly. (laughs) Right, exactly. But people, for the most part, feel like they know what to expect from Thor. So that is kind of their security blanket in a way. So I could see why people would want, and you you two included in that, would want to see Thor continue on. I'm invested. Right, exactly. You're already invested in this. You don't have to start over with different people and get invested in these other people's story when you don't, like, sometimes you might be like, who gives a crap? And then in other times you might be like, I give a lot of a crap. But I don't know. For me, it's just, for me, it just almost feels a little too messy. Like, I feel like it's blending too much, but not in a way that's working for me. Right. So I think if they want to go in this new direction, instead of dipping our toes in it, you have to jump in both feet. And you're going to have to, in order to do that, for one door to open, another has to close. You know, Thor, probably around Avengers Infinity War, became probably my favorite Avenger. And it's all because of Chris Hemsworth acting. Uh, and what the Russo brothers were able to do with him. I loved the first Thor movie, and I didn't hate the second one. It was definitely underwhelming. Um, and then when Thor Ragnarok came around, I absolutely loved it. It was hilarious, and I thought it actually had stakes, but at the same time also being funny, which is very, very hard to do, at least for me. I'm very picky when it comes to humor and where they place it. I don't want it to deflate the epic scene going on around me or the tension, which Marvel does a lot for me, and especially in Phase 4. And this whole uh, phase, even though it's felt very disjointed, hopefully will feel more uh, connected in Phase 5, but I wouldn't be surprised if this feeling, this kind of unknown territory, kind of continues throughout at least the first half of Phase five, if not all of phase five, but phase five, phase five, but who, <laughs> who, who knows? Who knows, right? But I felt like ever since Thor in Infinity War and in Endgame, he was just kind of, I don't know, under, not un, like undone in Ragnarok or uh, Love and Thunder. Like I thought we had a really good momentum, really good growth and change for his character in Ragnarok. They made him a little dumber, but a lot funnier. And and then Infinity War, same way, but also a little more emotional, which I loved. And then in Endgame, same thing. A lot more funny, but still emotional. And you also felt the real power of Thor, especially in Infinity War, when he shows up screaming for Thanos, fucking bad ass. I didn't <laughs> feel that in Love and Thunder. And I wonder if Chris Hemsworth maybe watched the movie and was like, yeah, I didn't really feel it either. A lot of fans didn't really feel the thunder. And so I'm just wondering if... He almost kind of felt like a jobber. You know, I don't want Thor to feel that way. He should be the god of thunder or, or the king of Asgard or something. But that's just what I want. Who cares what I want? What do you guys want? Do you want to see Thor 5, Thor 6? Do you want to see maybe his character arc get concluded in a further down the line movie like Kang Dynasty like maybe I said killing off killed off by Kang would really elevate the threat 
of Kang and also give a good send off to Thor. Or maybe you think Thor and Loki should go out together in like Secret Wars or something. Or maybe we've seen the last of Thor and maybe Love and Thunder was the great way to end this character. Whatever you guys think, we'd love to get your insight into this. And, and you know, maybe at the end of the day, he will continue to play Thor for another 20 years. And this is just a bidding war. But whatever you think, let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We will be back next Friday. Eleanor, tell them all about it. Well, if you like this episode and you're listening on YouTube, please don't forget to give us a like, leave us a comment. We do love hearing from you. And subscribe to our channel for more content in the world of movies, TV, games, entertainment. If you're listening on Spotify, Samsung Podcasts, Amazon Music, or another podcast directory, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review since it does help us reach more people like you. Thank you guys so much. Have a fantastic week. Have a happy Thanksgiving since we won't see you again before then. And remember to iron your capes.